I thought you liked this album, man. Welcome back to the fifth edition of Second Listen. I'm your host. You'll hate the most. Uh, I'm Miles here with Trevor and Colin. Uh, we're here to uh, we pick an album every week and we discuss it, go over it. Uh, today's turn was Trevor's turn. So, Trevor, what are we getting into here? Uh, Sonic Youth, Dirty. Dirty. And I'll just give like a a really brief overview of the band. This is like yeah no they have several albums i'll say i think it's the album right before this goo is another album of mine that i really like it's a little bit uh dare i say it even more out there than uh than dirty but it's it's got some really cool songs on it uh features chuck d he like uh has a cameo on it yeah anyways this album is dirty um a lot of people will describe it as sort of like a quintessential album of theirs. Uh, it was produced by Butch Vig and mixed by Andy Wallace. The same people who did that same, those same people in those same roles did Nirvana's Nevermind. Um, it was right around that same era. You know, it's made up of Thurston Moore, uh, Kim, I want to say Kim Deal, but that's in the Pixies. Kim Gordon, that's the one. Uh, Lee Ronaldo and... Shelly Stevenson, I believe. Steve Shelly. <laughs> Steve Shelly. There we go. I was, I was scrambling through my nose to find where I wrote down their names. But you know what? I did pretty good. I just got the the one mixed up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, you know, this is a long one. So let's uh, launch right into it for the first track, 100%. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this one, Jeff? I think this is a wicked album. I mean, fuck it. I mean, I, <laughs> that is true. That's also true. That's why. But I also... I'm like fully prepared for the hate on this <laughs> because this album is, uh, it's not like pretty, you know, to uh, put it like bluntly. This song is really cool. I think it's a great opener because, um, you know, it kind of introduces you to them, but it's one of their more, it was like, it was a single on the album. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's funny that this is the single, like w- 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 this being the first song. I'm like, if you don't know what you're getting into, like, this was the single, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, like Sonic Youth. Um, I, I barely knew anything about. Uh, my only exposure, to be honest, was Guitar Hero. Actually, they had a song, "Cool Thing." I, I'm not actually oh, sure yeah. what album it's on. That's on Goo. That's it's, what uh, speakers Chuck D. And it's that oh, song. Oh, really? Yeah. Song, okay. Yeah. And I, I definitely hear some of that in this song. Um, this song has a gnarly bass breakdown <laughs> yeah. going into the like the bridge. It's a super cool bridge. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, that has to be brought up is like this band uses the most strange guitar tunings out of probably any band yeah, ever. For um, sure. There's, a, there's actually a really good resource. I just googled Sonic Youth tuning hoping for something and there's like any song on any album it'll tell you what both guitars are tuned at with a reference to the source. So it's like, it's insane. Just to give you an example, uh, the both guitars in this song are tuned to F sharp, F sharp, F sharp, F sharp, C, B, or uh, sorry, E, B. So it's just like it fully intended on making pure noise. If, if you don't know much about guitars or, or even notes at all, I mean, to have four that is strings. Actually, I did not know that. Like, I knew that Sonic Youth is well known for doing really weird tunings and like, that's actually hilarious. I so love that. So to have four strings tuned to the same note on the bottom of the guitar just means like you're you're limiting your you're either going to play this crazy crunchy stuff or incredibly dissonant stuff, and and the song has both of that. Yeah, uh, it's about their buddy who got shot, which is actually yeah. pretty messed up. The story is actually pretty. Uh, I was going to bring that up. Um, the lyrics and the story behind it are pretty good. It's about, it's actually a friend of, oh, what's his name? Fre- Henry Rollins, who uh, who got shot. It was like Henry Rollins and this It was this his guy. roadie or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right, it? Yeah. that's right. It was, it was a roadie of uh, Black Flag who also became friends with Henry Rollins and they were went back to his place. Long story short, Joe Cole, it's about his death. Um, the video for it was actually directed by Spike Jones. Yeah, wasn't it a skateboarding video or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And also Tamara Davis, who went on to do like a whole bunch of stuff. She did it like she was director on Half Baked and Billy Madison, as well as an episode of like Dirk Gently's <laughs> Europe. Uh, what is it? European? Uh, Dirk Gently Holistic Detective or whatever on Netflix. So like she went on to do a whole bunch of stuff following this like 
and like a whole bunch of other like music video stuff. But uh, Miles, what are your thoughts on this song? Uh, yeah, I, I like the song. I, I think it's a good kickoff song. It you you kind of get the picture of what you're gonna hear on the album. Uh, it's super busy, which is they they like to do that. But it's <laughs> it's still held together by like this this bass line that just continues throughout the whole song and, and keeps the whole song together and the the cool kind of groovy uh, feel of the song. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to the drummer in this band. I think that's like... He is really good. That's yeah. like what... I think that's what really makes this band work. I like, totally agree. And if, I was going to bring if, that up. If it wasn't a really strong drummer, like this would just be noise. Yeah. Like I think that's... Um, and obviously there is really cool guitar stuff. And like there's things that like, you know, like maybe that's a bit of a... But I think a lot of people can probably agree with that. That like he really holds it down almost 100% of the time. Um, with maybe one exception at the very, very end where I don't think there's any drums. But, uh, but yeah, the favorite moment probably on the album is that breakdown. Yeah, that's so heavy. And this band comes with heaviness. Like nowadays, we're in 2020 now where you don't people hear tune their like guitars this. down to like A and, and just oh, yeah, pick but you, it at 300 BPM. Like this is heaviness through either crazy dissonance or just like punchiness or like it's very punk inspired clearly but uh just to piggyback off your point about the drummer like he's not just playing your basic punk beats he is playing some intricate stuff i think he's an excellent drummer as well uh well uh shelly shell stevenson i think Um, i guess i should just also add like i think this is a pretty cool song too and totally agree with what miles said about how it's um it's it's good at showcasing what's to come. Um, my I've brought two albums to this podcast already. They're Pinback and Sloan. So like obviously this is not my wheelhouse of listening, but uh, I think it's a really solid opener. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's keep her moving. All right, song two, swimsuit issue. Starting off with a banger with the drums here. What are your uh, takeaways, Trev? This song is weird, and there's that's going to be like the number one comment on a, a lot of the songs on this album. Um, when you get into the lyrics, they're pretty f- fucked up. Like, it seems like it's kind of a commentary on like sexual misconduct, both in the just like being a woman, basically, yeah. and like guys being assholes. Um, like, there's one, there's two lines that just like cracked me up. <laughs> Dreams of going to the Grammys till you poked me with your whammy. Yeah. <laughs> like when okay. I, <laughs> I, I would like to jump in here because, um, like, yeah, it's it's definitely about like sexual harassment and the objectification of women because yeah. uh, the names she's saying at the end are Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated swimsuit models, oh, which are, is why yeah, that was their name. I wondered. Uh, why I was I actually going to do some some research there, but then in honor of the song, decided to not do some. Uh, graphic research there but um yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh this is again like so heavy intro and uh, interestingly kim is apparently playing a guitar on this song i i wrote down initially this is like one of the craziest bass tones i've ever heard and like just such a dirty riff yeah but that tuning reference has kim playing bass or sorry, Kim playing guitar on this song. Oh, interesting! Oh, I, I didn't, didn't I didn't realize that was the case. I just assumed like Lee played, Ronaldo played guitar I knew and she, she sang. Yeah, and I, I think she usually plays bass, but I yeah, know she, she, plays, does. she does. But, yeah. she, but there's she no there's guitar. no bass on the song. It's three guitars. Yeah, is, is my understanding. I, I, yeah, I know she's credited with playing guitar, so that makes sense. Um, just to finalize my thoughts, um, I'm not gonna lie. I don't really like her as a vocalist. It's just too abrasive for me. But at times it works. This song is just so carried by that heaviness in the intro and the chaos guitars, which um, throughout the album do get a bit old for me, especially at its length of 59 minutes or whatever it is. But at this point in the album, I think I, I like the song. I mean, I think it, it's serving its purpose well. And, I, and one thing I really like is how Thurston and Kim are continually rotating who's performing vocals, which gives the album a nice... It, stops it from getting old mm-hmm. yeah miles yeah i uh yeah I, this is when you yeah you get introduced to kim gordon's kind of like really in your face mean style of vocals uh i will pre- preface this by saying i'm not huge on kim gordon <laughs> as a vocalist uh 
but I think this song is actually, I think this song's good. And yeah, it's definitely talking about objectifying women. And I, I like how it ends and she's just listing off the names. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I, I didn't deep dive into that, but I put here in my notes, assuming it's from a swim, names from a swimsuit magazine of models or something. But it's it's kind of a powerful ending to a, a, a heavy song. Yeah, I agree. All right, and we're back. Yeah, I mean, just to, you know, you guys were talking about your opinions on Kim Gordon's voice. Um, I think she has a unique, and I think you guys would probably <laughs> agree, like unique vocal approach. Mm-hmm. I can take it or leave it sometimes. I think uh, it's not like music highly... to my ears, you know what I mean? But it's, I, I don't hate it. I think sometimes it works, and I've made notes on the, I don't know that this one I felt like it worked the best on. It's definitely not the worst, I can tell you, yeah. from my point of view, no, anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and, and, I mean, I don't doubt, I'm sure she could sing melodically if she wants. Like, this is definitely an active decision to oh, come with this aggressive yeah, style, like right? Like, it's, yeah. it's post-punk, there, right? There are some that I, there are some songs where I think she did a, a nice job. I agree, yeah, and I'll, I'll... All right, song three, Teresa's Sound World. Yeah, this actually, it's interesting... Uh, I chose this long. I've listened to this album for a long time. It's been one of my favorite albums for a long time, and like probably influenced me up there with one of an album that like influenced influenced me maybe the most at least at one point in my musical. I mean, calling it a career is like being pretty <laughs> generous, but uh, <laughs> experience, let's say. Um, but it's funny when I came back to this to listen to this and sort of like really deep dive on it. Uh, this wasn't my favorite song anymore, and like, I don't really know why per se. I think it's a cool song. I think it really like by this point, you're like, oh, that's why you're called Sonic Youth, you know? Like, I think their name is really awesome, and it's very fitting to the type of yeah, music they make. Like, it's just like so aptly put. Um, this song, I love. I love Thurston Moore's vo- vocals on it. Um. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and that like if you read the lyrics it doesn't seems like it's maybe about drugs or like doesn't really seem like they don't there are a lot of like metaphors that don't make a lot of very sense. vague lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, I uh interesting that you said uh you don't like this as much as you used to because um we we talked about a little peek behind the curtain here. This is on the same timeline as Anti-Socialites and Sloan twice removed where uh, we are going to record these in March. It's now September. And this was the song that grabbed me on the first listen back then in, in March. And, and since revisited, like coming back to it, it's my opinion of the song has dropped a bit, but I still think this is one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah. Um, this is kind of, I think, where the alternate guitar tunings come in, where it, this doesn't really sound like anything crazy, but it's this really beautiful guitar arpeggio, really like atmospheric, and it's probably something that you would not come up with unless you had your strings tuned weird, because it just doesn't fit regular fingering, would be my guess. I never, I didn't note it out or anything like that. But uh, yeah, the build-up is is really cool with the, the this is the first of probably nine or ten like octave solos where the guitarists are just playing faster and faster and going up the neck and up the neck um i think the call and response between the vocals and the bass in the verse is really interesting i i I can't think of another song where a vocal line is answered by that bass wandering up the fretboard i think that's a really cool effect i like the song a lot and i think songs like this are much needed on this album when so many of them are just pure noise. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this song was the favorite favorite song for me on the album. I really enjoy it. Um, and one cool thing, like this, I would say this band is like stylistically not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> to, like fully, like there, there are aspects of them that I like, but the one thing I can say is I hear so many uh, there must be so many bands influenced by these guys because I hear so much like in this song for instance there's a band called Tokyo Police Club from Vancouver and it like there's a few songs off one of their albums I just listened to that just fully just reminded me of this vibe and I 
I don't know for sure, but I can only imagine that this was a pretty big influence on them. And I noticed that throughout the album that they've done some very uh, influencing stuff for future generation of artists. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, brought that up because I meant to say that off the top. Like, I think especially in today's era of music, a lot of people would like kind of shit on this album. Like maybe that's just because, I don't know. But I think today's era of music is very different than like when this was pop. Like, because I mean, it it actually was, you know, like a lot. It was well reviewed overall. (laughs) And it's funny that like this album even has singles. Thinking of that, like in the current landscape, oh totally is is pretty funny. Um, But I think it's like I sort of had this thought when I was with like anti-establishment. Oh, well, this is what this is ninety two, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's full grunge, grunge. era, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right so. in the thick of the, the grunge. But I mean, like, I was trying to think about, like, why people should care. And I think you exactly, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, you have to realize, too, this is, like, like I don't know, halfway through their career, too. And, like, so they've been doing stuff like this. Like, I mean, I know they have an album rather ripped, which it actually is a lot more melodic and not quite as noisy, but... Yeah, they were like huge influence on a lot of artists. Yeah, I I totally see um, it. Yeah, they definitely pushed the boundaries and and do totally. a lot of limit testing. So but yeah, I think really cool song, uh, very sonic. I'm happy to move on if you guys are. I, I do just want to say, um, uh, I mentioned the call and response bass and vocals being pretty cool. I I didn't actually mention that. I think Kim's bass playing is actually really really interesting and unique. And I I might not like her as a vocalist, but she is a really good bassist. I I think she brings a lot. And actually, yeah. um. I, from jamming with Trevor, uh, our co-host here, who's a bassist, I, I can tell that Kim influenced Trevor by, like, I, I heard some stuff. I was like, oh, that sounds like what Trevor would play. It's like, oh, wait, no, that's the other way around. Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Trevor is playing what, what Kim played. And, uh, do you think you had any active, like, were you ever like, oh, I'm going to try to sound like Kim? Or do you think it crept in? Or do you, do you even agree with that? Um, I think it crept in. Like, I, it's funny. Like, I had never really, like, thought about it. Like, I definitely, like, I, I just literally just moments ago said that I think as a whole, uh, like, this album is up there with, like, one of the albums that's, like, influenced me most as far as, like, my understanding of, like, what music can be, I guess maybe it's, like, a good way of putting it. Um, and, like, I'm a big fan of, like, Lou Reed and stuff, too, which, like, you could argue, like, had a big, inf- like, sort of, was pre- some of the stuff he was doing was, like, precursor to, like, punk when it came out of New York. But, um, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. It's not something that I had, like, thought of personally, but uh, I'm happy to be associated with it, you know? <laughs> I do just want to note also that this was, like, this song caught my eye, or my ear, rather, for... Um for Thurston Moore's uh, lyrics. I I just think they're super interesting and like not, they're not obvious at all. They're kind of obscure, but it, it drew me in for sure. There's a one line in there. That's uh, that one line caught me on, on a casual listen through of those, the windows or thoughts in disdain. And I was just like, that's nonsense. Right. And then I thought about it. Like, I guess like the staring out the window, like I I get it. I get it. I I think um, lyrics, I don't think are the main focal point of this band, but I think uh, I think that there is again they're not mailed in. They, they're and and Kim's often making social commentaries with her lyrics, so uh, yeah, they're definitely not just throwing them away. Whatever, we're just making noise; it doesn't matter. Like they're they're paying attention to the lyrics for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll take it to song four, "Drunken Butterfly." Trip. Um, this is like probably one of the most abrasive entrances of a song. Uh, almost every time I hear it, it catches me off guard a bit. It's just like, yeah, there is, it's, it's not one of my favorite songs. There are some things I think that are really cool that go on here. Uh, like the guitar, like siren sound again, like there's some really cool automation on the guitar where it actually moves inwards. Uh, like from the left side in towards the middle of the speakers or your headphones or whatever you're listening on. Uh, I think the drums sound amazing. Again, like this is one of those things where like if the drummer wasn't tight if, and like um, if you aren't aware, like Butch Vig, as I mentioned earlier, he was the producer on this and he's actually well known for like being really, really good at tuning drums. He was, yeah, he, was, he jumped on garbage with garbage. Too. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's right. So like, 
you know, and again, like, you know, I'll, I'll find a way. Uh, he also produced Siamese Dream. And like, <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to tie in Siamese Dream. <laughs> the drums on that Just one back. are wicked. He, you know, as I said, produced Nevermind. So, yeah, he's definitely associated with the wicked drum sound. Yeah, Kim's vocals on this aren't my favorite. And the song as a whole, I think it's like, you know, it's abrasive and weird, but I don't, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, they're, they're not your favorite lyrics, but they're, this makes it my least favorite song. I, I don't like this song at all, really. The one thing I was, yeah, I was going to mention is the drums sound really good and, and super like heavy. And I, I really like the drums in this song, but all in all, this song's. This is a single, eh? This was the no. fourth single. Yeah, it was. It was the fourth <laughs> yeah. single. Ready that for the guitar tuning mind. on this? <laughs> F sharp, F sharp, G, G, A, A. Wow. Like, how do you even come up with that? Uh, I think the, uh, the where the everything drops out and it's just like squealing guitar is pretty cool. I'm I'm with yeah. you guys. This is not my favorite song. Uh, apparently, this is another one by the way where Kim is also playing guitar. But like there I, is a bass. Yeah, in there, though, yeah, yeah. So I'm starting to doubt this source now, as, <laughs> as well researched as it seems. Uh, yeah, not not my favorite. Um, Kim, though, again, is, seems to be fighting social dynamics because I think she's just like into hooking up and doesn't care about yeah, like what's your name, whatever. That's that's yeah. the impression I get. Yeah, uh, which is probably uh, for 1992, somewhat of a progressive. I mean, I think it's like playing on like her persona at this time. Like she was kind of like sexualized in this weird way. But I think at the time it was a big thing to be like this sort of like sunken eyes, uh, like grungy, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like tongue in cheeks, the wrong term, but it's very self-aware, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the impression I get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we all agree. It's not our favorite song, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, go to song five called Shoot. Yeah. Um, These drums sound amazing on this song. Yeah. They're so crisp. It's like this tight groove. And like, uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a cool song. This is my favorite Kim song so far. Um, I, I prefer it to the previous two Kim songs. Uh, it, the lyrics are dark. I don't know if you guys <laughs> yeah, look at the these lyrics. lyrics. Are pretty, I think pretty it's dark. about a girl killing her abusive husband, or at least like seriously contemplating it. And the yeah. title seems to indicate that. Trevor, what do you what do you got on this? Yeah, I like the guitar treatment and like where the guitars are placed in this song. Um, again, I like the guitars are super dark. Um, I like that they do. They end with like the guitar and just the left speaker, and I thought that was really dope. When they do stuff like that, the effect is so strong because for almost the entire fifty-five minutes, there's chaos it's, going yeah. on. Oh, you know? totally. and, and they so pick busy. spots where they take it out, and it has a really strong effect. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you know, I think this song's okay. It's not like it's not one of the ones that really jumps out at me. I'll say, yeah. I think this one, yeah, like this one was my favorite Kim song so far. Uh, it's it's not total, but yeah, th- up yeah, until this you. point, up until this point, it was. And yeah, I think her vocals. Sorry to interrupt there, but I think her vocals do work really well on this one. Yeah, yeah. I like the kind of promiscuous uh, way she's singing and just kind of teasing you the whole time. But then there's this dark kind of uh, sexy, almost rock and roll vibe behind it which I really like and I think it goes well with her melodies. And, and she picks her spot too like she goes into that really abrasive style but it's like in the context of the song instead of just being up front the whole time it's like in this build up and, and I think that's a, a much better place for it than just in a verse of the song Yeah, there is a bit of the song which I'm hearing now <laughs> I, I do not like her vocal yeah, which is when it gets abrasive. That's what I thought she sounds like. This one song of the also, rats. this song, like, the bridge is so weird where everything drops and there's just, like, this crazy dissonance rip. <laughs> yeah, there's a few points on this album, actually, where, like, it's just pretty much straight-up noise. Like, I mean, there's, like, I think... Limit th- testing. Yeah, like, that being <laughs> said, like, I think they use noise probably more effectively than most bands or like i don't know there's something you know like i well, i don't know it a lot more yeah. than most <laughs> yeah bands. it's true but i think that's probably why they've been so influential because they've 
they've been like here's like we, it, like, we found out what works and go. what doesn't yeah this is as far yeah. as you can go like you yeah. could, and then people just pick things like because yeah it's all throughout the album you can but hear. none of us are too critical of the song but also too in yeah, favor it's, right? it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's middling for me uh on to song six wish. okay i actually want to go before trevor here because uh me and miles are talking off mic we try uh as as hard as we can to not discuss these albums until they come up but we both said we had a song that we just wrote absolutely nothing about this was a song that i have nothing about and i kind of feel bad because it's lee ronaldo's only song oh but, really uh, yeah I, I mean it's a it's a cool guitar arpeggio uh yeah sorry lee but i think i'm cutting you from the album <laughs> this is I not mean, the song that oh, I okay yeah, I'm interested in what yours and is mine saying. is for a different reason i would say um i mean i don't think i think he's more known as a well like a good guitar player than a songwriter like i think a lot of at least that's my understanding i'm not sure about this but i have a good friend who's a big sonic youth fan and he um he saw him live once and he said like he actually was kind of disappointed with them live because... Well, that's kind of tough to live up. Like, how would this be live? Oh, I, well, that's exactly it. That's what he said. Like, the, you don't have the production, like, separation of everything that mm -hmm. you do. So it'd he be, said it was just, like, noise. It'd be more time. chaotic, right? Yeah. Now, I did actually, um, um, I don't know, they, uh, those From the Basement Sessions has a Sonic Youth one. And I watched, uh, unfortunately, none of the songs on this album were there. Yeah. But I saw a performance of, I believe the song was called Pink something i can't remember the exact name killer performance though and i was actually gonna um we all i'll talk about it at the end actually because yeah. um yeah i, I, I definitely i should i haven't i don't think i've seen that but, but uh but yeah um but yeah he did say that lee w uh, was like he's it's just like a crazy guitar player no we do know uh miles has something written down for this so so what do you got um i like the calm opening it's it's kind of it's it sounds different than the rest of it, and I guess you could tell that Lee Ronaldo wrote the song because it, it differs quite a bit. But I like the calmness of it, and then it comes back and obviously smacks you with the heavy guitars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it Always goes. never fails to. Yeah, I like I like how the vocals kind of juxtapose the heavy the heavy riff, and I, I like the change of, the change of pace. Yeah, I do like Thurston Moore's vocals in this. Like, he has a very, this like... This is Lee. Oh, really? Yeah, this is Lee's only song. He sings on yeah. it. Oh, I just thought... I, I assumed he just, like, wrote it and, like, oh, Thurston Moore... I... Ooh, I, I um, now you're making me second guess, but I believe what I was looking at showed what the vocalist was, and it was... Um, it doesn't sound it doesn't like Thurston sound like, to me. No, it's... Oh, interesting. Okay, well, that I just got. I thought uh, you liked this album, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently, I mean, I, apparently, I'm learning more about it every day as well. Um, but yeah, there's like a, like a weird, like just like straight up noise buzzsaw breakdown in here. I think near the end or in the second verse. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, there's some pretty crazy guitar tones. I don't know. Again, it's uh, it's all right. It's not like I'm not like oh, you know what song I want to hear right now? Wish fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? If it comes on on the album, I I wouldn't skip it. But um, this next one is a uh, is one that I do like. Yeah, song seven, sugarcane. I think it's a single. Yeah, third single. If it wasn't a single, I'd be asking why the hell not. Well, it's five yeah. minutes fifty six. Yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, fair enough. I guess 100 <laughs> was only two and a half minutes. I didn't even realize that. I don't think that was as big a deal back. Maybe not. Um, but you, it sounds like you really liked it, Trevor. Oh, yeah, I think this is a great song. Um, I mean, I think it's like, you know, I'd be open to other people's interpretation. But my interpretation, it's about, like, drugs, you know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's why I got it. Um, yeah, like, I think there's a lot of really cool, like, this that little guitar melody that comes in right at the beginning that's like a little bit dissonant and like it's just like in the right uh headphone like panned hard to the right like i think that's super effective and the, like, the like semitone da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. it's just like you know it's like it's like everything they do is just like not quite right but it, it but it works so well like it just like they don't want to give you that complete consonance like you know it's like 
they want you to be uneasy. And like even yeah. in this song, it's like I think it I think you know, I'm gonna assume that we can probably all agree, like it makes sense to be a single. Like it has it's catchy with respect to the the body of this album. It's like pretty catchy, pretty accessible. The chorus um, is super catchy. I think it's yeah. like a killer chorus. This is my favorite song on the album. Oh, it's um I have a tough call between this and a hundred percent. Um, but I, I love it. I think it's a wicked song. This my favorite part of this song by far is like uh about two thirds in the there's like a bluesy riff that seems like completely out of place compared to what the guitarists have been doing. It's like this like Jimi Hendrix-ish it's, but then it comes back against the verse and it's like it's so dissonant against the verse and it's only there at the end and yeah. it's just like oh yeah of course that's why you've made something pleasing just to like tear it down immediately <laughs> yeah, after yeah. yeah I think it's a little long I think but uh, killer song yeah I, I agree with it it's, it's a little bit long but I, I, I like this song and I think I think it is directed a little more at the average year um it's more to like it's it's still busy but it's not as chaotically busy uh as a lot of their other songs so it's a, it's a little more like tucked in and kept together than than all their other songs so i i i enjoy this song quite a bit yeah i really like in the chorus when it comes in and you have that like guitar melody going in yeah. like countering uh, like Thurston's like sort of melodic thing that's like it's sort of like harmonizing with it but also like rhythmically it's like the uh, Thurston's melody rhythmically is a lot more it's a lot simpler it's like a lot more sustained notes and then you have this do 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 and it kind of climbs up I think that's really good there's a really cool breakdown in this song like yeah. I think there's a lot of great breakdown and breakdowns and bridges in this song and again like the drummer in this band like, like I said early, like I feel like they wouldn't exist if it wasn't they didn't have a top-notch. Yeah, drummer. he is he is crazy, and he he always knows what's to play. He's he's always keeping this crazy energy up, but it's varied, and then it's yeah, wild it never, breakdowns. It never sounds like too much, but like it holds it together perfectly at yeah. the same time. Like it's it's like it's, I'm. I'm surprised I have not heard this drummer's name before and, and that you don't know this drummer's <laughs> name, Trevor, because yeah. uh, <laughs> because he's, he's an animal. <laughs> he is. Um, I really like, like I, I just mentioned it, but like the, the like dueling noise guitars in that breakdown or like leading just before the like slowdown at the end of this song. I have it written down here and like, oh, it just sounds, it's like, it almost sounds like they're harmonizing, but like they're like no, they're not random stuff. Yeah, but it just it sounds <laughs> yeah. so good. Like that's why I don't feel like this is too long. It's like I love every part of this song. I really do. Yeah, my my um, I, I just feel like what what track number is this? I believe six or seven, right? Yeah. I'm I'm already kind of like over the noise buildup. It's like I already fe- I don't feel like it's different enough in each song yeah. that okay, this song I think we all agree is a pretty good song, but it's what was once interesting in the start of the album to save songs that I might not be interested in otherwise just stops being interesting I like pretty much at this point in the album because it's like okay I already heard this and that's why I'm surprised that it's so long yeah that's fair any other thoughts on that I think that that pretty much wraps up for me all right we'll take it to song eight orange rolls angels split Spit. I wrote that down wrong. That was a me error. Trev, what do you got for us? Uh, this is a gnarly song. It's like up there with Drunken Butterfly, the way it comes in. There's like feedback in one ear and just straight up noise in the other. And, and the super abrasive vocals yeah, again, like the most Kim, biggest example of them. Kim Gordon. I I'd be terrified think, of Kim Gordon. I actually think her vocals do kind of work in this song. Oh, because I think this is the if I this is the song where he then it goes to like every time you turn around, yeah, that hits that so hard. I like that so part. much I love energy that. and yeah. the, that contrast. It works so well. Like that's the thing is I don't think this like really consonant part or like consonant for Sonic Youth would be nearly as effective as it didn't have this like straight up noise verse, like like the pre-chorus into the chorus are just wicked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I even like the la la la's too. Like, I'm a big fan of that. 
I, I just like I like the every time you look around part, but mm-hmm. that's like one line five seconds get, twice. And, and other than that, I mean, yes, the whole song is kind of designed to make that pop, but I'm just not down with how aggressive this verse <laughs> is, to be honest. So I'm I'm pretty out on this song, but. And then they go into the just octave solos again, which we've heard already many times. And like, I, I'm I'm pretty critical of that. I talked about it in the Rage episode. I know we're like, hey, Tom Morello, we get it. Like you do weird stuff on the guitar. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way here. Like I'm much more of a song writing than noise writing. I, I just think these noises get kind of old, but uh, I like, I still have songs later in the album that I like. This, this one's a miss for me. Yeah, agreed. This, I, uh is on the low list of Kim's songs for me but I do <clears throat> I do um, I do like that every time you turn around she's looking up at you from down below I, I actually I know you said but I and I know I've previously hated on la la la's and uh's and all that yeah. uh, bullshit but uh, I think in this it's, it's effective uh, I yeah, like I the like way the it la-la-las. works and this is actually probably up there with up there with the top my favorite song is on the album. Yeah, definitely probably my favorite Kim song. Um, and it's near the top. There are some really wicked songs near the end that are just like uh, badass tunes, for lack of a better t- uh, word. But Drums kill, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, never fail. I mean, we get sick I of saying a, it. They're killer in every song. I, yeah, I do have a note that says this is like favorite song instrumentally-wise. Yeah. instrumental I think that's like that's pretty much it though it's a gnarly song when it comes in and then when it hits that pre-chorus I, I think it's just a, it's effective yeah. what they do there alright song 9 Youth Against Fascism second single ah uh, this was a single your <laughs> second yeah. single eh so uh, I don't know if you guys saw this too or if you guys know who it is but uh, Ian McKay is actually just a cameo on this who's like I believe he's the singer. It's Fugazi. Oh yeah, yeah, Fugazi, but also Minor Threat is like where I know him from. Um, but he's like an old school punk. Yeah. Um, uh, this song, I think it's like, I think it's cool. I don't like. I again, I wouldn't skip it. It's not one of my favorite songs. I think it's almost like sounds like too hard being it's trying too hard to be edgy like well see i i actually kind of like this song um the bass tone is so killer yeah i do agree with that uh and and like it's not even a like somehow without dissonance or or any it's it's still so heavy just through the tone and and through the crazy guitars that are going on and i think this is the one where um this this source that i had which we're now questioning so maybe i shouldn't even bring this up but it says uh they're hitting the guitars with drumsticks and slides to make this noise oh i 100 percent believe that Um, they did weird ass shit and then we we get some (laughs) power chords eventually in the song like finally we got like we got some at least semblance of harmony. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the lyrics seem to be about hating politically driven songs rather than the, like, you can, there, there's a line in there about like, yeah, the president sucks. It's like, yeah, I can make that song too. Yeah. But like, it's actually the song that I, like, I hate you for selling out like that. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, South Park actually with the, uh, the where were you when we built the ladder to heaven? I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah, with the South Park episode where uh, it's some country artist just made a song that just completely capitalized on people like grieving over 9-11. And this reminds me of that. Like, you're a piece of shit for doing that. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's an interesting... I Like, I didn't make this connection at all till now, but it's funny to have the two albums I brought being like a very political album and then have an album <laughs> that's like making fun of... Uh, in its own way, I bet you albums. Sonic Youth likes Rage. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, like I would hope so. But actually, it's funny. I, you know, as much as I love Sonic Youth, my understanding of Thurston Moore is he's not a very nice person, um, and he's <laughs> Canadian. I'm pretty sure. If I really? I believe. I did so. not know that. I, they're an American band, but I'm pretty sure Thurston Moore is actually Canadian. But um, yeah, there's a a video of 
Nardwar interviewing Sonic Youth. And in the video, it's actually... I meant to rewatch it because I watched it years ago. But he Nardwar like gives a gift to all everybody that comes in he and watches it, yeah. right? Or like that he interviews. And there's been more like it's like a record, like some deep cut record. It's always something like pretty rare. Yeah, hard he to does find. his research, Nardwar. And there's been more like they like first of all, Sonic Youth like beats up Nardwar in the interview. Like doesn't really seem like they're joking. They're like literally bullying him. And then there's been more like near the end like breaks the record in half and like throws it. It's fucking brutal. I, I like, well, Nardwar does you, do that. Like, sure a lot wasn't of- Blur? Dude, 100%. Like, okay, because Blur, <laughs> Blur's lead singer does the same thing with Nardwar. A, a lot of so people, really. like, don't get... Like, if you don't know him... Oh, dude, then, I love But, like, love yeah, Nardwar, if your first honestly. instinct to Nardwar, who's just, like, the nicest dude, is to bully him, then, yeah, you're probably not a good guy. Yeah, but, uh... Yeah, I do have the the lyrics written down here. Yeah, the president sucks. He's a war pig fuck. Yeah, like, it's, it's tongue in cheek. For yeah, sure. like yeah, the pri- and like the way he says it, it almost sounds like he's doing a char- character. Of, yeah, you know, somebody. Um, no, I, it, it's such an interesting single though because I don't even think it has a chorus. It's just yeah, the song yeah, I hate over and over so with with like two or three lines for it. So interesting choice as a single, but that yeah, that bass tone carries the song. Oh yeah, I, I love it. I also kind of like how, like at the end, how how many times he says it's the song I hate, as if like <laughs> as if like that's how many like it's all it is like tongue in cheek at how many people do these political songs. Oh uh, yeah, there's so many just, songs like, that he hates. Them off yeah. over and over. That's what I took from it. But yeah, song ten, Nick Fit. Okay, moving on. Song eleven. <laughs> yeah, Nick Fit. That's what I meant. No, I mean, like, what? This is a cover. Why? Like, whatever. Fine. They want to cover this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, we're, we have 59 put, minutes. We don't need this. Yeah, I, no, I, I, put agree least, with that. I put least favorite song with an asterisk because I'm like, this doesn't even count. Yeah, it, it doesn't. As a least favorite song. I, I am kind of wondering, like, I. I actually, did you guys check out the original? I did. It sounds like what you would expect it to sound like. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's by the Untouchables, by the way. Yeah, I have that, like, I think really this is them paying homage to their influences. And I think that's, like, what I interpret it. I think it could have been left off the album, and it's a song they play live. Like, throw it on a B-side or something. Yeah, like, well, this is a double album. (laughs) I mean, like like Miles said, it's tough to be too angry about this, considering it's 58 seconds. Although, the album is so long, I... It just irritates me that there's a minute of this. But yeah, I mean, if you're a punk guy, it's cool. It's a cover. I mean, not for me. I don't know. It's not my favorite one. It's, but yeah. Miles, you got anything also, to say? I'd also rather like three or four one minute songs that I don't like at all than like a five minute song that I don't like the whole thing. Of. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> and I mean, and, and something like that where it's just like a quick burst of energy does like break out of a song and give you an ability to just go in. Now you can go in whatever direction you want with the next song. Yeah. And it's like an and, interlude. And the next song is, uh, on the strip. I think this is a killer song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this song. Agreed. Uh, like, and this is, this is where I, I like Kim a lot here actually on, on vocals or, I mean, like a lot relatively. I, I think this is yeah. one of my favorite performances that she gives. What do you got, Trevor? I agree. I think her vocals work really well on this. I think when she's doing that sort of like... Uh, I don't know. You you really get a picture of like a dark evening walking down the street. Like, like this is grunge. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of these songs, like, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think it was Wish Fulfillment. Of, like, or... Oh, yeah, yeah. I can kind of see Hole. I think more like... It's its own. It's or, its own breed. Or garbage. Or yeah, it's still got the Sonic Youth. Like this breakdown in this song. This is the one where the drums just pick up and pick up and pick up, and they're going like machine gun speed. Yeah. And then and then like they drop off, but it's still like the weird guitars. And then uh, I mentioned earlier where there's a couple points in the album where it's not noise, and and coming out of the bridge in this where you just get the the verse guitar but it's uh unaccompanied and it's it sounds really really cool actually and i I, like i kind of wish they didn't put noise in every song and had more moments like this you should check out the album uh, rather ripped and that was what i was going to ask what i said i was going to delay earlier is like if i like stuff like this because there's i'm not going to say like I, i don't 
really either strongly like or dislike this album, and um, I, I can't see myself revisiting it very often, other than particular songs. But there's moments this album that I think are really cool, and like I, I know that if I dig into this band, there's gonna be songs that I like. Yeah, rather Rift is like I mean I think I chose this album because I think it's more or less. And like, whatever, this is just basically my opinion and me making a lot of assumption about other people's opinions because based on my own opinion. <laughs> but um, I think it is more or less considered to be like an album that defines their sound or like what they're known for. Yeah. Um, rather Ripped is like, they have a lot of like acoustic, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very different sonically. It's like not nearly as noisy or like just like big distorted guitars all the time it's a really long album it's like also a double album it's saying like, it's long in the context of reviewing this is uh, <laughs> yeah not the way to get me to listen to it <laughs> yeah but, but uh, you might like it because it's a lot more i also think this is a really cool song though like yeah the drums at the end are crazy there's a lot of really cool like dissonant harmony going on with the guitars on either sides of your uh on either side of the stereo image and um yeah like yeah, at the end you just get this like it sounds like a car engine and then like the drums get like crazy yeah um yeah anyways miles do this you have anything to say just strongest vocally for me from from kim uh still has like that grit but like she she's not going over the top with it it's pretty controlled and it shows that she can sing melodically um Lyrically, also, I, I'm not huge on her lyrics, but I think this is again a stronger showing, lyrically. So you don't like women's rights, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no response. <laughs> I I do like how it sounds like there's a flying finish, and then it goes back into like the real calm. Yeah, that's where it, that's where everything else drops out, and yeah. it's a pretty powerful effect. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? No. No, I think I, yeah, I, I like think the song. Yeah. On, yeah. Song twelve, the one I didn't write anything for because, well, it's called Chapel Hill. Uh, I I really liked the song, and I just kind of got lost both times, to, <laughs> both times I was taking notes listening to this that I just didn't really write anything. I I liked, I like a lot about this song. What about you, Trev? What do you got? Oh yeah, I, I quite like this song. It's funny. I I don't know why, but. I often do kind of forget about it and then coming back to it, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is a, a good song. And I think part of the reason is like this album is so long. And you but don't make it this far. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, like I, I don't mean that like that it loses your interest, but like you're home, you, you already drove home by the time this is coming oh, on, yeah. right? Like, And like, I mean, a lot of the time I'm listening to this, which is, this is not the best way to listen to this album, is like through on my record player downstairs, which... If it was in stereo, that'd be great, but it's a mono system. So like some of the some of it gets lost. Um, but like so usually I, I have, you know, I've heard it in entirety a number of times. I think the like pre-chorus or chorus where like it breaks down and it's just the vocals is really effective. And like I mean I like Thurston Moore's voice. I think he's got like a really interesting timbre to his voice. And like again the bass tone is sick on this song. I can't believe this isn't a single. Yeah. yeah. This is like, I, I wrote down that this is a pretty straightforward song, and then I realized, like, I, it's not really a straightforward rock song. It's just compared to all the other songs that have come before, this is starting <laughs> yeah. to sound like radio rock, when like, in reality, it's still pretty, like. Like, why yeah, not like this, this instead this of Drunken Butterfly? Yeah. Yeah. I, I find this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because this Hard, and, yeah. and um, the second last song, Purr, I, I find similar. And. I, I'm just, it's funny, like most bands would lead with those and put all the weird shit at the back. Oh, and this yeah. band's like, no, we're leading with the weird shit. And then like, we'll we'll throw our easy listening stuff at the end. Like, yeah, you you gotta true. make your way there. Well, it's I think like the funny. middle gets like, you get in like the weeds of it, you know, like in the middle. Like yeah. there's like, that's, I feel like that's when the most, like you start out with like a hundred percent, which is like, it's pretty accessible. And then like pretty quickly, you're like into the thick of like noise. Pure rock. noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get out. I, I, I kind of like the sequencing to be honest. Yeah. I'm just, I'm surprised no, by I the think single works, choices. Honestly. Um, yeah. Oh, this also has, uh, I just realized I have written down the, um, there's the, the tritone oh, yeah, riff at the end of this song, 
where everything drops out and it goes I think that's the heaviest riff on the album it is so dark it, it happens near the end and it like on an album of distance this is this one's up there yeah I do have uh, a few different points there's like from 220 which is like halfway through the song just like onward craziness and dopeness yeah. <laughs> like just like crazy huge gnarly guitars you know but this yeah this this is noise done well this one yeah it's like super controlled it's, yeah which is like I, why I, I like when they i like when they hold back and then just go all out in the bridge or instead of just doing it the whole time but that's personal preference right and and this would have been yeah, not to listen to in 1992 opinions. i'm guessing do you have stalker next did you do I do Stalker? not have a song called Stalker. Yeah, I, d- I don't. Actually, it is on the LP, but I also did not do it because it's not. It's after Creme Brulee on the uh, Spotify okay, well, one. I put lackluster f- for it anyways. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's, I guess we'll skip. I mean, yeah, we'll skip over it, I guess. What are your, we can make a comment about it at the well, end. Well, I don't know. I've never even heard the song, yeah, so I don't, I don't know how. I know I've heard it. it. Oh, wait, I can, here, let it. me try. Um, Kim has abrasive vocals. <laughs> Both the left and right guitar are making a lot of noise, but slightly different. And uh, there's a point in the song where it gets really slow, but then it picks up again into pure noise. We'll have to, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna take that and then listen to the song and compare. <laughs> so yeah, but let's move on uh, to the next song on the Spotify album. Song uh, 14, JC. 13, actually. But. 13, right? Because Stalker was not it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Apple Music came in came in earlier uh, but with the Sloan album, but this time Apple Music's letting you down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one, Jeff? Um, I like Kim voc- Kim's vocals on this one. It was another one where I thought they were kind of effective. Yeah, I agree. She's like moving around spatially is what I have written down too she's so doing a call and response to herself almost yeah the... which and the way, yeah i said like the way the vocals are edited is really unique and cool um yeah i don't have too much more written down about this song it's i said noisy ending dot 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 <laughs> wtf second guitar in solo in brackets sounds like heavy wind is what i wrote <laughs> so, so, so yeah. yeah i'm curious uh I mean, I, I think it's a, I think it's an all right song. It's I don't it definitely doesn't jump out at me in in this album. I think there's cooler songs. I yeah. actually really like the song. Me away despite um, having wind in the song. Yeah, heavy wind, <laughs> heavy wind. Uh, so 100% was Thurston's song about the uh, the friend that was shot. This is Kim's song, right. grieving song. Joe and, Cole, right? Yeah, and, yeah. which is so why it's called JC, not yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it's <laughs> no, no. Like I mean, that was my assumption at yeah. first. Um, yeah, I think it's this this slow song is is much needed. I think, and and much like um, the other song was on the strip. That's also a lot more laid back. I think this on the strip and Teresa's sound world are so important for this album to work because yeah. it just like really brings you out of the chaos and into like this this moody stuff and it makes it way more powerful when you've you've waited for something like this i i think the uh the impact of the guy getting shot reflects in this song yeah for sure. super super emotional and yeah, I, it is. I i agree that it's another solid performance uh by kim i kind of like her like lazy lackadaisical way she's delivering it and it, it kind of it kind of goes with the emotional mood of the song. Yeah. And yeah, it is kind of like that call and response kind of style. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. But nothing that's nothing that I'm huge on. I think both the delivery of the lyrics is done really well. And the way it's kind of soundscapey. Um, it's sort of like there's just this like bed of like guitar, like unsettling guitar sounds going on. And then you have just like her just like kind of like ranting and it, it all feels like kind of like far away. Purr. So yeah, I just first note on this one, badass song. I, I, <laughs> this I is a killer riff. Banger yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wrote. I do think this is a really wicked song. Uh, it, was, it was a single, I hope. It was not, and I wrote down, could be a single, like, don't know why it's see, not. See, like, what's the, like, why is Drunken Butterfly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like that's, like, them sticking it to the fucking record label. Like, was this on Geffen Records? 
Uh, I can check one moment here. Were any of the singles? Wait, what were the singles? The singles were, uh, were number with, one was 100%. Number two oh, yeah. was Youth Against Fascism. Both are Thurston songs. Number three is, um, oh, what was number three? Sugarcane. And number four is Drunken Butterfly. So that's the only Kim one. Is so Drunken maybe Butterfly. they wanted a Kim song. Yeah. But still, why, why Drunken Butterfly? I get, uh, yeah, it's quite questionable. Yeah, this is a killer song. Yeah. So this was, you know, we were talking about, it's interesting, both Sloan's Twice Removed and this album were released on Geffen Records in around-ish. Early 90s. Yeah, early 90s. So similar time period, same uh, record company. Obviously, Twice Removed being the going against what was popular at the time, which... Yeah, it's was, pretty <laughs> funny looking back that, like, this is supposed to be more commercial success than yeah. than Sloan oh, twice this, removed. Like I said, like, this got, like, really good. I was kind of surprised, but it got really good reviews. Like, a lot of people were, like, one of the best rock albums of the year. Like, yeah, it was, like, very well received by uh, music critics. I can see why. I mean, I like yo. I mean, you're bringing it to a podcast 25 years later, so it's yeah, like, obviously mean, it's it's worth something. The guitars work so well in this song, like they're playing off each other, and like it's just Rift City. Yeah, like, you know it's a really I mean? jammy <laughs> song. Yeah, like I don't know why it's so buried at the end. Yeah. Because this isn't to me like it's true. It's that not is a good like question. ending song to me. It's just like I, killer I, song. It should be like song two or something. I, I think it could have been. I, well, yeah, I agree with that. But I said since it's so close to the end, I said I would have preferred this. Uh, well, certainly as over the album, the as the album closer. Brulee, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, however, <laughs> yeah, the album closer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you guys read about. Uh, I'll just say before we get to the album closer, which is. Uh, it's in, it's pretty unique to say the least, but uh, I do like when the guitar kind of mimics the vocals. Uh, I don't know if it's in the verse or the chorus, but it's not done very often on this album. And uh, which I, which song are you talking about? And, and Pearl? Pearl? Okay, and Pearl, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean that pretty much wraps up all the things I have to say about it. I think it's an awesome song. I agree. It should probably be earlier on in the album because like. The How do- many people make it to this song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the do it all for you girl part is super catchy too. And it's yeah. this like pretty sexually charged song, I think, if you read yeah. the lirics. I mean, it's, I mean, it's called yeah. 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 Uh, All right, let's move on to uh, probably the what should have been the number one hit, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this should have been Kim's single, Creme yeah. Brulee. Where, uh, did, so did you read what this is, Trevor? Yeah. <laughs> Go. Um, well, Okay, it's pretty ridiculous, I'll say. <laughs> but um, basically, it's. I think Kim Gordon was playing bass and Steve uh, Shelley was doing uh, vocals. And <laughs> Shelley <laughs> Stevenson. <laughs> Sorry. It, it is Steve Shelley. And Thurston Moore was quote unquote trying to turn on his amp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Lee Ronaldo recorded it. And that's uh, this song. I mean, clearly the the vocals are off the top of the head. Um, like, I just wrote down, do we really need this 55 minutes in? Like, I get that it's a cool down, much like we talked about with Twice Removed, where there's this, like, crazy noise song, and then yeah. you want to end it on, like, it's like you went for a run, and you're going to walk home just to cool down a bit. I don't work out, so I, I don't know how workouts cooldowns work but uh like i just i know <laughs> yeah i agree i like you know it's a part of me is like okay kind of cool riff though i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> when it actually gets to the musical portion riff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the turning on the app <laughs> yeah. what's the tab for that uh i mean it's a 59 minute album you have to wonder like why is this on here like well, you said you <laughs> well, know and it's funny like uh, so I'm getting th- I'm like I don't have the choice to turn this off because I'm going to be discussing it for a podcast so I'm sticking around but even you as like a someone who's mentioned that this was a big influence on you and you've loved this album like are saying like why is this here it's just like I don't know what kind of decision like why the band decided to include I mean this. I think it's kind of like all I can think is they're just kind of like fuck it like you know like I mean and like I mean some people also some people are into really out there music I will say like um I'm always surprised like um at UVic with 
sort of the 21st century compositions that people come up with and like really stretching the bounds of like what is music and like I'm not quite sure if that's what this is or they're like oh like we have a few minutes left on the album yeah let's but, throw but, that but I on. saw that they cut Lee had another song that they cut maybe it was Stalker I'm not sure um it might have been Stalker Lee had another song and they cut and he was pissed and almost quit the band and like I can see that like really we're keeping this on like I should never have recorded this <laughs> like, oh yeah that would I would be choked too yeah but maybe it was a five minute song they only had you know they couldn't throw Nick Fit yeah in okay this. well it's Nick Fit there you go get rid of that one too <laughs> yeah and the Orange Rolls Angel Spit or whatever I think I liked that one yeah you did like that one yeah. that's just yeah I mean let's get into overall impressions here so, um, well, the, the one thing I do want to say is I do like when they close out the album it's just like all the instruments cut out and it's just Kim's voice with the last line okay I remember the lyric, but it's a cool way to end the big album. fan of the songwriting and creme brulee <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that is great cool. song I, 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 I can't stand when you can like finish the end of a rhyme which happens in i know song yeah and that's time, um and it's just uh i can't that's what i can't even remember if i brought this up i don't think i did um like swimsuit issue is obviously pretty strong social commentary yeah it's hard to take as seriously when she's saying, why are you so mean-o and stuff like yeah. that. Like, if it's really meaningful, let's actually, like, write, put some effort into this, you know? Yeah, like, that's a good, that's a valid I'd, point. Forced rhymes like that are, are probably my biggest songwriting pet peeve. Yeah. And Kim's full of them. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I do think it's hilarious, the one I gave earlier, like... Something about you know till you poke me with your whammy. <laughs> I, yeah, that's whammy. a big cut view for me, and I, I think I meant to bring that up and, um, and got sidetracked. But. but yeah, anyways, overall impressions. Like I said, I will never like. It's not like I listen to this album every day, but I you probably consist- wouldn't even have time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I consistently come back to it. Um, I think it really, you know, as we've kind of said throughout, it really stretches the bounds of, like, what we consider popular music. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's, like, we all, we've all kind of agreed. Like, there's some really wicked songs on here. I don't know really a single band that sounds like Sonic Youth. There's definitely, they've influenced probably hundreds of bands. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great album. I was really excited to... uh hear your guys' thoughts on it because it's so out there. And and do, do you think, like, our thoughts... I mean, I guess I'll, I'll give mine. I'm sure it's been pretty obvious throughout. Like, I think I think the noise is a little bit of a gimmick that gets old by the end of an extremely long album. And I, I think that you can cut some of those songs. I, I do like their slow songs. I do think that they have a really good ear for how to make dissonance listenable. Uh, to be fair, though, like, I think that some some albums back around this time did extend to that length of time. Like nowadays, you don't find any albums close to an hour, but I think there were some. Well, if it's, it's going to be close to an hour, it better not feel long. Yeah, though. and yeah, this yeah, feels yeah, long yeah, totally, to me. And, totally. and and that might just be because it's not my genre of choice for sure. And and I can't think of any other bands that sound like Sonic Youth either. But it's it's not my wheelhouse. Um, Miles, you have, uh, yeah, like. Uh, definitely not up my alley, but uh, there were some redeemable songs that I really liked. And I think if I could shorten this album down into like nine or 10 songs, it, it wouldn't, it would hold up to be a pretty decent album. Um, that being said, I also like, this is something I would never put, put on. So I'm, I'm glad I got to listen to this because I did definitely hear a lot of, uh, different things in their music that you can tell have influenced so many bands now. So that was a, that was one cool takeaway from them. Right on. Yeah. I'll say just to comment on what you said there um, before we wrap it up here that, yeah, like actually if, if you were to take like nine songs off this album, at least for me, Which if I like, were to choose my, like the, it, well, we, we did, we recorded antisocialites today too, but like, that was like, I think that's ten, nine or 10, ten songs. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, that would be like, if I picked my top nine or 10, like, I'd be like, this album's Killer fucking album. flawless. But, yeah. but I wonder like from discussing it, we all had, I, well, actually I think me and Miles were mostly on the same page, but like you had songs that you liked that we didn't really like. We had yeah, songs that we liked that you true. didn't. So like, that's if you true, have yeah. 
a 14 song album like i'm gonna just ignore those what i can't even remember how many songs it is 15 and a half apparently um if 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 I have 10 songs I really like and you have 10 songs that I really like and and five of those songs don't overlap then like, have, like I, yes, I get yeah. it. So like I get it. I, I I think it's a pretty good album to be honest and I I um listening to this makes me want to listen to a different Sonic Youth like you know those they'll make those flow charts for band like you want to get into this band start with this album and and then okay, if you yeah, like yeah. these songs go here like this is making me want to find songs that are more in the Teresa sound world yeah. style. And because I, like, I, I do really enjoy some of these songs, but some of the other ones I, I just am only listening to for the purposes of this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, that, I mean, that's how where I'm often at. Can you make your friends just like listen to noise? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, I don't actually like this album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to subject you guys to it. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I think that's that's it for this one. Uh, Miles, why don't you sign us off? Well, what album are you picking next, Miles? It, it would be your choice next. So what's our next episode going to be? Oh, yeah, cool. oh, shit. Put me on the spot. It'll, it'll be an album from The National. I haven't decided yet, but uh, stay okay, tuned. So all potential listeners must listen to The National's entire discography to <laughs> that, prepare for the honestly, next episode. Honestly, you should. Honestly, you should. <laughs> All right, well, that's it from uh, Second Listen. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Second Listen. The Second Listen.